You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And on whiteout night, how many people are going to be leaving Percival Molson with gravy stains? <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey yeah. Cup me, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it ends! And it's over! Ready, set, hook! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's Travis Curra with Sheldon Jones, a two-timer in the Two and Out uh, hosting club. Uh, three more times and you get the jacket, buddy. If you can find one big enough, <laughs> great. <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, I'm absolutely bagged. I'm coming off my first nightmare camping trip. Um <laughs> Are you into camping at all or no? I glamp. I don't camp. Yeah. I, I Sitting in the tent before we finally decided to tap out, I uh, I sat there and I'm like, I'm not going to let this break my spirit. I'm not going to let it break my spirit. So night one, I don't know what happened. I think we set up the cot incorrectly. And at about three in the morning, sat back down on the cot. It broke. Um, so the jagged metal pieces sliced about a foot long slice in the side of the tent. So I was sleeping on the ground and then the last night there, thunderstorms all day, had a beautiful campfire, crushed some hot dogs. I go inside, flood basically in the tent. The bedding is soaked. (laughs) So I sat there with my wife and it's like, we got... We got a few options. One of us can sleep on the dry bed, one in the truck, both in the truck, uh, get a hotel, or just pack her up and uh, go. So we packed her up in the dark, uh, made it home at 6.45 (laughs) a.m. Wow. Taylor, she she says, uh, hey, after five years, we can laugh about this. I'm about 48 hours later, and I'm already laughing about it. So uh, that's my misfortune. I can see why people um, can prefer to glamp. (laughs) Yeah, give me a trailer. Give me a cabin. uh, Give me a freaking bathroom, a shower. I'm there for the week, but otherwise, nah, I'll come visit and then I'll go home. (laughs) This episode of To It Out is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic to say the least, and Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them. And for you, you've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business. And Alberta Blue Cross has your back. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. In the huddle with Kura and Ty on the To and Out podcast. All right, what what week are we in now, uh, Sheldon? Help me out here. Week, week nine? nine, week eight, week nine. I week nine. Holy man! 
Flying by. <laughs> it's just flying by. It is the whiteout game in Montreal. I guess the team, the official team of Thursday Night Football in the Canadian Football League as they're home to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now, the Bombers are five-point favorites here, over-under, set at 47. But I think the feature of this game is that Putin. Have you seen that bad boy, Sheldon? I have. $90 is a lot of money. However, <laughs> I would absolutely spend $90 if the Riders did that. Well, and I think it says... There's 1.2 kilograms of poutine, so poutine. Yeah, you get like three poutines, three orders of poutine, apparently. And then, am I wrong, or is there popcorn in the face mask? It looked like it, yeah. And you get to keep the helmet? I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, like, again, another, another, whether it's the ownership or not, but another team that has new ownership or something like that, giving getting some promotions out there to get fans in the seats. And on whiteout night, how many people are going to be leaving Percival Molson with gravy stains? <laughs> that is why I do not have any. I have one white rider jersey. Yes, they're all green. <laughs> oh, I used to have, well, I do still have a white. I don't wear it often. But the first white rider jersey I ever wore went out for the night. One thing leads to another. You get home, you trip over, you fall in the dirt, and uh, you don't put your jersey in the wash right away. And then uh, some bleach ends up on the jersey, and the CFL logo ends up being a hot pink kind of color. <laughs> it just destroyed uh, my beautiful white Rough Rider jersey from uh, the 2007 era. So, Alouette fans, keep that gravy off of your white jerseys slash shirts that day. I'm just so glad that I'm able to talk about poutine without the co-host of the show being absolutely disgusted. Eh. I don't know, Ty, I just don't know how you can go through life with not enjoying gravy. That's Or melt like cheese either, right? Unless it's burnt. I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, likes pizza, doesn't like cheese. Figure that one out. (laughs) For the home team, the Montreal Alouettes welcome Chris Ackie back to the roster. He's missed five games with a foot injury. But Vernon Adams Jr., now on the six-game injured list, he'd spend the last couple games or at least one game on the one-game injured list. And we kind of wondered, is there a trade in the works here? But now they have revealed that he's got tendonitis in his throwing elbow. They've tried to treat it with some shots. I guess the the joint didn't respond as well as hoped. This is John Liu from TSN uh, reporting this. And now he finds himself on the six-game injured list. Man, I know football is an ugly business. I know it's not pretty. But it just feels like Vernon Adams Jr. has just not been able to catch a break here. No, I I feel bad for that man. Yeah, I I, I still think he's got MOP talent. A gamer, he's a gamer, and he can lead a comeback. Yeah, it's just every GM it seems to just not see it for some reason. Yeah, uh, Danny Machocha came in, made the changes, and. Here we are. He's on the six-game injury list. Not saying that that is Machocha's fault, but maybe I'm 
I've missed out on this. Uh, I, I, I find we weren't aware about the, maybe it's not our business, but we weren't aware of the tendonitis in his elbow up until this moment. So it was kind of new information. And I do have, it seems like a case of tendonitis in my own elbow. That's what the doctor says. We're going to get that looked at. I can't throw a football without tendonitis. So... <laughs> Does that mean you get to go on the sixth game too? <laughs> I've been on the sixth game for about 18 years, brother. <laughs> and the Alouettes are going to be without Chandler Worthy. He's been a big spark plug for that team. Just ask the Saskatchewan Rough Riders from a few weeks ago. He has been returning. Uh, he's had a pretty good average. He's been sort of a, a spark plug there. But he's not going to be on the roster this week. And Trevor Harris dealing with a bummed back. So he'll be toughing it out. He'll be playing. Jesh Renantui getting the start at running back. And I think I saw a stat. Eugene Lewis, uh, he's got something like 30% of his team's targets. I've got him on my fantasy lineup just because he's Geno Lewis. And the Bombers seem to give up yards. It's just when you get to the 20 then you've hit a wall. That's Richie Hall for you. Hey, it works. <laughs> We've known that from Saskatchewan. He was here. Yeah, the, the Richie Hall defense. But yeah, no, Ben, don't break. They haven't broke yet. Yeah, they, we saw that last week against Calgary. Calgary was getting in there kicking field goals, but Winnipeg and Kolaris was able to just answer, answer the bell and make the plays that they need to make. And they're going to do it again this week. Montreal has had trouble finishing drives. I can't see that changing against Winnipeg. But it just seems like every game this season, Winnipeg hasn't been able to just crush teams. Like, we've seen BC do it to Toronto. BC did it to Edmonton. There hasn't really been that from Winnipeg. They, they let teams hang around, hang around, and then Kolaris will say, all right, enough of messing around with this team. <laughs> enough with the Coyote playing with uh, the roadkill on the side of the road. <laughs> We're just going to finish this once and for all and make the play and finish them off with this defining drive. I mean, Toronto almost beat them or at least tied them, but short week, Traveling across the country. I know the Bombers aren't the Riders, but still, it's a it's not an ideal situation here. It's not. Um, but the the Bombers they've just been starting slow. They've been yeah they've been making their mistakes in the first half and not in the second half. And the other teams just haven't been making them pay for it. So again, it's short week, so they may be tired initially. And Montreal is going to have to capitalize on every single mistake they make early, or else the Bombers will just run away with it in the fourth, like they have been. Yeah, that, that's what they do. Uh, if you make a turnover, they're going to make you pay. And it, it seems like if you answer and you hit them with a touchdown, the Bomber offense is just going to answer that with one of their own. How do you how do you stop that? I don't know, because they even had the running game going last week. Brady Oliveira had 110 yards against the Stampeders. That has to be adding some confidence to his game, and they're going to want to do that again against Montreal here. When do you think we start talking undefeated season? We're not halfway through the season yet. 8-0. 
But I mean, if they get to Labor Day, and <laughs> right now it looks like they can walk into Regina and crush the Riders, when do we start yeah. talking eighteen and zero? If they make it through Labor Day and Badger Bowl, they're they're going to win sixteen games at least. I think uh, Labor Day is always a fifty fifty game because you know the crowd in Regina. The equalizer Those retro jerseys, yeah. I don't know why, but they they're the equalizer. But yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know, but you never want to say that a team's actually going to go undefeated. But if any team can go undefeated, it's these bombers. Well, and I will say this about Mike O'Shea and his group: if they make it to the last couple of weeks of the season and they're still undefeated, I don't think they'll care about that. They'll no. if guys are banged up, they will sit them. That being said, all three of their bye weeks come in the second half of the season, so that's going to help this team stay fresh going forward. I I don't want to jinx them. Maybe I did by saying undefeated. And also, if you're going to lose a game or two, wouldn't you want it to happen a little bit earlier? <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the old. Uh, you, you take what you can get out of a loss and move on from it, right? So, yeah, it's it could this be a trap game for Winnipeg? Absolutely, could uh, be, but I I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's like uh, trying to you know even out this uh, this battle here. But shit, people are writing Montreal off. But <laughs> hey, but you they, know Winnipeg isn't. Yeah, yeah, they're well coached and they they know. We got to play the games. That's it. Uh, Jackson Jeffcoat back onto the roster, so that'll be a boost to the defensive line. Still no Greg Ellingson, but does it matter? Dalton Jones, the rookie, leading the league with six touchdowns. And then they get Nick Dembski back last week, two touchdowns in his return to the roster. It just seems like anybody they put in there gets the job done. Yeah, it's, it's plug and play. And, uh, Shen has been Shen Shon, however you say it, he's been playing awesome, and that's why he's in my fantasy lineup again this week. All right, all right. Now the Calgary Stampeders are five point favorites. Friday night football in Ottawa, where it is Legacy Night, celebrating the 2016 team, which they won over the Calgary Stampeders at BMO Field. I was. In the stadium for that game. Henry Burris sticking it to the haters, you know. Pre-game tweaks the knee, wondering if he was even going to be able to play as the game of his life beats the Stampeders in overtime. You know, Bo is going to be remembering that game <laughs> and why they went to Andrew Buckley at the goal line and didn't pull off that great cup in in yeah. Toronto. I, I cannot wait. To uh, <laughs> hey, I might just watch that game. I, that was a yeah. great game. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's probably my favorite non-rider winning Grey Cup game ever, just because you know a- ABC, right? So <laughs> we always like seeing Calgary lose. So yeah, and see them lose in that fashion was just phenomenal. It's the battle of the kickers in this one. Lewis Ward, Ooh. the best kicking percentage of all time, versus Rene Paredes, number two all-time in kicking percentage. So if you love kicking, 
This is your game, brother. This is your game. But the Stampeders making some changes. Raheem Wilson released. He started five games at safety this year. He has played 38 games for the Stampeders since 2019. So this move's surprising people. Now I know he did have he did have a rough game last week against Winnipeg. I don't think that after having a rough game that you just get cut like that, especially that Trey Roberson hasn't been practicing. He hurt the knee last week, and I know they're welcoming Brandon Dozier back to the fold, but that was a, a bombshell move by the Stampeders letting Wilson go out of that defense. Yeah, that's a head-scratcher. Uh, you have to think there's something more behind the scenes there to cause that because I can't add to whatever you said, but that's, <laughs> that's exactly it. Why would you release a player when you have these injuries? And That surprised me. That surprised me, and I know it has appeared that maybe he's struggled at times so far this season, but, uh, I mean, I guess in Calgary you're going to stay accountable. And you can say that about that franchise. Yeah, it's a hell of a statement. Like, I guess it, <laughs> you're going to release a starting a starting cornerback after, you know, six games, then, yeah, that's a statement to say you guys better play. Yep. Uh, Kadeem Carey hasn't been practicing so far this week. Neither has Sean McEwen, Coach Dave Dickinson in COVID protocol. Man, this might be a different Stampeders team heading to Ottawa. And it seems like in the past, no matter who's playing on either side, Ottawa always gives Calgary a tough a tough matchup. And this one, not going to be any different. I know the Stamps are the favorites here, but Ottawa may be starting to get their groove a little bit. Uh, Caleb Evans, I think, and I know they made the trade for Nick Arbuckle, but... I, Evans is their guy going forward for a little. It's year two, three. And if we're talking fantasy, three straight games with more than twenty fantasy points, the guy's playing good football. Yeah, no, agreed. I think I think Arbuckle is nothing but insurance right now. Um, when the trade first happened, I'm sure that there was probably thoughts of getting him in there as soon as they could. But yeah, Evans is rolling. And I, I think you got to mention Jalen Acklin. Three straight 100-yard games in that stretch. 18 catches, 395 yards, two touchdowns. He now leads the CFL in receiving. The Stamps, they gave up some big plays against Winnipeg. Maybe the Red Blacks have an opportunity here. Their their offensive line, I thought, held their own against uh, Toronto's front. Uh, a lot better than Saskatchewan handled handled Toronto's front, that's for sure. So yeah. uh, this game, Ottawa's going to give Calgary some trouble, and I know that I think people have Calgary written in to host the Western semifinal. Uh, BC will have something to say about that, but they got to win games like this, and Ottawa is still in the hunt <laughs> to have an Eastern home playoff game, even though they're only one and six. This will be an interesting one to watch. Yeah, I think if there's an upset this week, this is the game where we'll see that upset. Bo Mitchell has only lost three consecutive starts once in his career. He's now lost two in a row, both to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 
Will It Be Three on Friday night. I got to mention this. George Hopkins, the equipment manager for the Calgary Stampeders, getting set for his 1,000th game. This is absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Hired in 1977. (laughs) So it includes preseason, regular season, and postseason. He's been there for 12 Grey Cup appearances. 92, 98, 01, 08, 14, 18. Those were the wins. Not the, (laughs) didn't include the losses. Like, this is, this is an incredible career. And he started with the Stamps in 1972, five years before he was the equipment manager. He was only 13 years old. I mean, a stick tap to George Hopkins. What a career with the Calgary Stampeders, man. Absolutely. Like, well, I hate to bring it up. Contrast that to what happened in Edmonton. I I know fans in Edmonton quite upset with uh, how that situation went down with Dwayne Mandrusiak. But the Hopkins stuff in Calgary, man, that is, that's a legacy. That that's impressive. Hamilton Tiger Cats home to the Toronto Argonauts. These teams are going to be playing four of their next, at least Toronto, four of their next five games against the Ticats. You remember the last time these teams played? I cannot wait for like that third game. I think that's when the fireworks are going to start. (laughs) And with Toronto's discipline this season, it might start before kickoff. Yeah, very true. Yeah. I don't know what they have to do to get their team under control. Though, and look, it was a winnable game against Ottawa, and the sequence last week when Winton McManus throws William Powell's shoe and then Chris Edwards takes a misconduct penalty, thinks he's kicked out of the game, jogs off the field. The refs are like, hey, wait a minute. They call him back. That that was just, yeah. what what is going on with you guys? Fighting the tie cats in the East, well, the fans, I should say. <laughs> Chris Edwards yeah. was originally going to be suspended for this game. Well, now he's playing. Get your popcorn ready. Tie cats, boatmen, a lot over the next little while. I'm excited. I like imagine us playing the Bombers five, four out of five oh. weeks in a row. Like, <laughs> what do you think about that unbalanced stuff? It some people they're kind of annoyed by it, but I mean, you. I think you got to beat the teams in your division if you if you want to if you want to finish at the top. I, and I think this this rivalry stuff it's great. I, I enjoy it. Oh, 100%. No, I I think the rivalry games are, games are awesome. Uh, I was a big fan of the schedule when it first came out, like the having all the divisional games at the end of the season. With the way the Riders started, obviously, it kind of clouded my feelings of it now. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I think it they have to figure out a way to not have so many short weeks for teams and then traveling. But other than that, I think the schedule's been pretty decent. The Argos are getting a little bit healthier here. 
and especially when it comes to the receiving core. Curly Gittens Jr. has emerged as the number one guy in that that receiving core, but back practicing uh, has been Jawan Breskison, who has been dealing with a, a groin injury. Dejon Brissett has been limited at practice. Man, they're they're actually just quite banged up. But Eric Rogers hasn't played yet this season. He's got the quad injury. He's been practicing in full for the Argos. If they were able to add a couple of those names to their receiving core, then that would be big, I think, for McLeod Bethel Thompson and that that offense. Just how do they get some consistency going? Because a couple weeks ago against Saskatchewan, Harris gets 33 touches. Not quite as effective yeah. <laughs> against Ottawa, but if they have more receivers, more experience in that offense, they'll probably be able to be a little bit more balanced against the Ticats. Oh, 100%. And you, and you know they're going to be probably trying to get Brandon Banks into the game early and often, especially against Hamilton. He's going to be fired up to play against them. And that is going to add to the fireworks. Brandon Banks having a touchdown like one of those uh, basket catches uh, over his shoulder against Ottawa. Hey, I think Toronto's going to want to get into the red zone. Apparently, they didn't have an offensive play past Ottawa's 29-yard line. Yeah. The, the consistency, I, I just don't I don't know how they can they can pull it off on a weekly basis. And I, I still believe in the Ticats defense. You want to talk about consistency. What about their offense? The, they'll go through spurts, whether seven or eight, two and outs. Thank you for the free advertising in a row. And, but, I mean, they had 100 yards in rushing last week, but their leading rusher was Matt Schiltz. 42 rushing yards, the quarterback. <laughs> they have to find a way to to change that. Oh, 100%. Like, I like what they're doing when they get Schultz in there and giving yeah. him a few plays once he gets a first down. But, yeah, like, I think Sean Thomas Erlington only had one. He had one carry, carry. Last game. Yeah, you like, you got to give him at least 10, 12 times. Like, you can't set up play action if you don't run. Hamilton's D is going to make it very hard for Harris to run. So um, if if Hamilton can set up a ground game, that would be huge for them. Yeah, Mike Jones, what's the joke? Who? I I blew it. I totally blew it, but I tried. (laughs) Tried. Gold star. Gold star. (laughs) He's back in Hamilton after Edmonton let him go a few weeks ago. So that's some Canadian receiving depth in Hamilton, but whether they want to get Thomas Erlington or Don Jackson going, they have Mm. to, they have to do something. I am really enjoying the Matt Schiltz and Dane Evans kind of, kind of combo to me right now. It looks if Schiltz is in there, he's probably going to be running the ball. We do know he has the ability to, to throw the ball as well. So, to see a little bit more mixing it up with, I think they're Tommy Condell is probably going to be working that in a little bit here, but the Ticats coming off a win against the Montreal Alouettes. So, I mean, does, does that mean this is the battle for first place in the East division? 
the 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 Argos are three and three. The Tight Cats two and five. As Cliffy yeah. D of the Alouettes flight deck would say, the least division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this like unless Ottawa can go on a run, especially if they can beat uh, the Calgary this week. But unless they go on a run, these are probably the two teams in the East that will be going to playoffs. So, yeah, these these five these four games will will pretty much decide first place. I think. Oh yeah, and they're going to be beating each other up. Maybe maybe they play in the East final again. Uh, who knows what happens there? Uh, Simone Lawrence will be a player to watch. He's been a full participant in practice. He was practicing last week as well. If he's in there, and and I know he's ideally the Ticats probably don't want him in coverage on Brandon Banks, but I wonder if there could be some interactions <laughs> between those two on on offense. Hey, Andrew Harris beat the Ticats twice in a row in the past two Grey Cups too. So there, there's some there's some history. There's going to be some things to watch. Uh, I was listening to a Natea J Cover Two podcast, and the reason that training camp sucks is because you're against the same guys day in day out, over and over and over again. This is basically what the Argos and Ticats are going to be for the next month. I'm here for it. I, I think it's going to be fun to watch. In Vancouver, the Lions, 10.5-point favorites over the Edmonton Elks. That's quite the line, man. And I know they beat Edmonton by 44 in week one. Edmonton's coming off the bye. They're not going to allow that again. I, I can't see it, no. I think it's going to be a much closer game. But yeah. That over under, I think we're going over. Yeah, it's at fifty one and a half. I mean, the Lions demolished that line by themselves <laughs> in in week one, and as they continue to try to make every game an event in Vancouver, man, I I wish I could get to Vancouver this year. They're having that backyard block party again. $5 beers, $5 margaritas. They got bands. They got food trucks at the Terry Fox Plaza. It's just great what they're doing there, trying to make every game into an event. And when you have Nathan Rourke as your quarterback, that makes it a little bit easier to make every game into an event because he's making it a show on the field. You got to watch him in person in Regina last week. What would you think? Uh, I think if anyone is still saying, oh, is he really that good? They need to shut up because he's he's obviously that good. He's he's sustained his dominance. Uh, sure that he's had some missteps. He's starting to throw some more picks, but no, he's, he's a gamer. He's smart, and BC fans should be watching them while they can because I think he's going to get a shot at the NFL pretty quickly here if he keeps this up. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, he's still young. Um, I don't know what the window is. Uh, like, what's the, what's the NFL looking at? Uh, do they want to look at him this off season, next off season? Who who knows? Um, but the guy clearly puts in the work. He has an incredible mindset, and he's just an absolute treat to watch. So. Yeah, you're right. Let's enjoy it while we can. And if he stays here forever, let's <laughs> let's oh, enjoy it. That would be amazing. It would. 
we need quarterbacks in this league. So I hope he can, like, I want him to succeed if, if NFL is what he wants, obviously, but having him in the league for 10, 15 years would be awesome. Absolutely. The Elks have gotten a little bit healthier over the bye. They ended up releasing something like 11 players last week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Darrell Walker back practicing. Uh, Charles Nelson practicing. Kyle Loxley was back at practice as well. No Trey Ford yet. So it does appear that Taylor Cornelius will be starting at quarterback again. But, hey, he's a big guy. He's an athlete as well. I I hope that uh, Trey Ford is able to get back on the field soon, dealing with that shoulder injury in his second start a few weeks back. I'm interested to see what the Elks are going to do at running back. I haven't seen uh, James Wilder Jr. practicing yet. Last time they played against Winnipeg, Malik Irons ended up getting the start. He's 2500 bucks on CFL Fantasy. They didn't give him too many carries, but you're going to want to think they're going to want to get him more involved for Taylor Cornelius and get the running game going a little bit. Hey, if they're going to go all Canadian, have Irons and Leitre in the black backfield, I think those guys can have a pretty good game if they commit to it. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're fun to watch. But it's it's how can uh the Elks defense contain Nathan Rourke and the Lions offense because I don't know if he's gonna play yet. He had quite the injury, but Brian Burnham back practicing, he had what a punctured lung, ribs issues. So if he gets to play this weekend in Vancouver that's just another thing that the Elks have to account for because they had Keon Hatcher in there. I mean, <laughs> that that offense, like I said a couple of weeks ago, they're always one play away from scoring a touchdown. Yeah, selfishly, I it's good to see Burnham back. I hope he takes a little bit of a break because uh, I have Dominique Rhymes in fantasy, so I would like to... <laughs> maximize his targets, but uh, no, it's great to see Brian back. Yeah, that guy is a human highlight reel. I think he's one of my favorite players in the league, and uh, if he's back on the field, like I I know that Rourke makes beautiful throws, but with Burnham, ah, put it within four or five yards and (laughs) let him do the rest. The Elks do have their hands full Saturday night in Vancouver. I just know that I've got a complete weekend off. I've got no home games to attend. So Saturday night, Argos, Ticats, Elks, Lions. I've got a hot date with my wife and the couch. So... Two party, three parties involved in that date. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> I get to work a split shift on Saturdays, so oh, I get to watch come nothing. Come on, come on. Okay, what's your fantasy lineup looking like, man? Uh, I have, I am starting Caleb Evans. I feel like he's going to be able to exploit the missing pieces in Calgary's D. I and with Brady a salary Oliveira. like that? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brady Oliveira, uh, like you said before, he had a, a big game last week, and Montreal is in the bottom tier against the run, so I, I'm banking on that. And I got William Powell. Uh, receivers, I have Dominique Grimes, and I have Dalton Schwinn. 
Uh, my flex, my $2,500 special is Tyson Philpot. And nice. I have Calgary's defense, just in case Caleb craps the bet. <laughs> Hedging your bet. I like it. <laughs> and uh, I was left with $153. The Montreal Alouettes uh, giving up 107 rush yards a game, uh, 5.1 yards a carry, and they've given up 11 rush TDs. There are only two teams that have given up double digits. The other one, the Edmonton Elks. So maybe that does make James Butler an attractive pick because uh, the Elks are giving up 131.9 rush yards a game. Worst in the CFL. By nearly 25 yards. The, the tackling this year, I I know Jones still has a pretty good head of hair, but if the <laughs> if the tackling continues to be what it was and has been in Edmonton, he might be pulling the rest of it out. <laughs> My fantasy lineup, hey, I got Caleb Evans, 8000 bucks. Peyton Logan of the Stampeders, now he's in there. Because Kadeem Carey hasn't practiced yet. He's only 5000 Malik Irons, 2500 bucks. It just seems to me like receivers or running backs, they haven't really, if you strike gold with the butler and he gets a few touchdowns, then it's worth it. But overall, they just haven't been able to have massive games this year. My receivers, uh, Jalen Acklin, leading receiver in the CFL, Good, good yeah. pairing with Caleb Evans. Eugene Lewis, ninety five hundred bucks. That better pay off for me, man. That better pay off for me. Janarian <laughs> uh, Grant of the Bombers, who is starting in the slot, he's returning kicks with uh, no Greg Ellingson on the on the roster. And I got the Tie Cats defense, uh, thirty two hundred bucks. We'll see what they do against Toronto. I think earlier in the show I said the game was at Tim Hortons Field. It is at BMO. I don't know if that that changes things for anyone here, but uh, the Ticat fans, they they like to travel up the highway and go invade Toronto as well. So if I don't change my lineup, how much money do I have left? I have 568 bucks. There we go. Uh, in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League, I've got Daltz from Rouge Radio. Ty has Saf from Piffle's Pod. I'm coming off a win against Ty, a big one. I'm on an absolute roll in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League. Who are you picking to win the games, man? Uh, I have Winnipeg, Calgary, Hamilton, and BC. Right now we got Winnipeg, Calgary, Toronto, BC. Will I change that? Probably. <laughs> will, will I forget to go to the site and change it? Probably. <laughs> so we'll lock it in. Argos beating the Ticats in round one of uh, <laughs> their battle over the next little while. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Book Women. It's a podcast about editing 
publishing and writing Indigenous stories. Three Métis librarians representing nations from across the homeland aim to inspire Indigenous peoples to share their stories in whatever form that they enjoy. Guests include Indigenous storytellers from diverse mediums like podcasting, burlesque, books, comics, social media, films, music, and everything in between. You can listen and find out more at bookwomenpodcast.ca. All right, that is it. This episode of the To and Out CFL podcast. For Sheldon Jones, I'm Travis Curra. Hey, thanks for filling in for the the Brazilian one uh, this no week. Problem. Anytime. You got a Seamus beard and a John Cena hat. <laughs> Because the Rough Riders need some hustle, loyalty, and respect. They need something. <laughs> they hey, need a bye week, and they got it. <laughs> it's a bye week for the Riders. No stress, no losses. That has to be considered a win, man. Absolutely. Well, how are you feeling? Hey, let's let's talk about the Riders. Uh, we go into the bye week, and I know that. Whoa! Some 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 folks were pretty mad about <laughs> the political answer from Craig Dickinson following the game. You know, some guys. Uh, we need to practice better. That's what he said. We need we need to practice better. And they've got a crazy schedule. It's basically Edmonton, BC, and Winnipeg over the next six weeks. How you feeling? Not well. Uh- <laughs> It all it all depends. Like I was I was I was taken aback by Cody's comments after the game. Uh, I don't feel like he's the right guy, or he understands what it is to be the rough, the Rough Riders' starting quarterback. Um, but let's hope that he can be refreshed after this bye week. Let's hope that that knee feels a little better. Um, yeah, I want to see Dickinson mad. Uh, Moncrief showed some real anger after the game which is good because you need to see that but uh yeah we need to take care of Edmonton those are the two big games that we need to take care of and uh or three three but uh yeah we're we're across our team right now and that's (laughs) I think that's the best case scenario that we can get right now I I don't think we overtake BC it's very stressful (laughs) <laughs> I think everyone hates us. Everyone thinks that we're we just agree with what our players choose to do or not do. It's tough being a Ryder fan, right? Now. I think but you need a hug, buddy. I think I, I think so too. But it ain't easy being green. <laughs> this is a good week for us just to sit back and watch some football and. Hell, I'm going to watch the U23 Toronto FC team take on some other random team, but I get to sit in Paul Hill's box tonight, so we're going to have a fun time. Oh, you can eat chicken wings or something? Yes, and I believe beer. (laughs) Hey, pro move, fill up on the wings, not the beer. Yeah, I I gotta work at six AM tomorrow, so I'm yeah, I'm not gonna drink too much beer. Alright, brother. You can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher. 
I think Brazilian Ty will be here on Monday. We'll talk to you on Monday after the games. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.